Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Rob Lindstead reveals the mysteries of God, and Larry Stamm begins a brand new teaching series designed to help us share the good news with others. For all of our brand new listeners, we have an outstanding resource for you today, our new listener pack. Inside this new listener pack is a collection of resources designed to welcome you to Watchmen on the Wall. Every new listener pack includes our Prophetic Observer newsletter and a free gift. So make sure and request your free new listener pack when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. And speaking of resources, be sure and check out the Resource Center on our website, swrc.com. Over 900 items, all designed to bring clarity to the chaos. Free shipping on all orders over $100, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. We're happy to welcome Dr. Rob Linstead back to the program. Today, he's here to begin a conversation with James Collins about the mysteries of God and how you and I can know what those mysteries are all about. It is always a blessing to visit with Dr. Robert Linstead. Dr. Linstead has a Ph.D. in mechanical engineering, and he taught for nine years in the Department of Mechanical Engineering at Wichita State University. Since leaving WSU in 1979, Dr. Linstead has been devoted full-time to the Lord's work. He has spoken at numerous Bible conferences, prophecy conferences, and youth camps in over 35 states, as well as in Canada, Scotland, Jamaica, and the Bahamas. Dr. Linstead takes a special interest in working with young people, and he is the executive director of the Sunrise Christian Academy in Wichita, Kansas. And he's a longtime friend of our ministry and a frequent guest, and he's here to talk about the mysteries of God. Dr. Linstead, welcome back to The Watchman on the Wall. It's so good to be with you guys. I enjoyed so much the recent prophecy conference that we had here at I'm excited to have people exposed to these prophecy conferences all around the country, and so I want to encourage you guys to keep that up, and then, of course, it's always fun when we get to, I'm going to say, showcase a series, and so I think we're going to be in for some really fun times here in the next couple days as we look at this one. Well, this is the first time you've been on the program since the Wichita Prophecy Conference last May. I think it was one of the best conferences that I've been to in years. All of us here at Southwest Radio Ministries would like to thank you again for your hospitality. We really appreciate you. Well, we loved it, and if the Lord doesn't come back by next year, we're planning a couple things that we want to try to enhance the conference. matter of fact, we're going to have it as an in-service day so that all of my faculty can be there because... The ministry that went out was just so wholesome, it was biblical. It's the very thing that my teachers want to hear, and my students want to be a part of that. And, and so the students that were privileged to be able to come in and, and just catch a session or two while they went away saying, okay, why do we have school when we could be in here listening to this? And so next year we plan to do it a little different and, and allow the opportunity for our students and faculty to be a part of that great teaching. Well, we're certainly looking forward to that, Dr. Linstead. Let's talk about mysteries. You've produced a wonderful teaching DVD, The Mysteries of God. Now, the word mystery is a biblical word. What exactly is a mystery in the Bible? Whenever we talk about the mysteries of God, I always enjoy looking at the, the face of people because 
right away they think of mysteries in, in the sense that we normally use it. And of course, we talk about there's a series of mysteries, and it's you know who murdered so and so, and what weapon did they use, and or who stole this. And that may be a mystery in the common sense, but it's not a, a mystery in the biblical sense. So here's what I like to talk about in terms of the mystery. A mystery in the scripture is something that was previously hidden. It was the truth of God that was previously hidden, and now God divinely reveals it. And so this is a word that we haven't invented, but it's a biblical word. Matter of fact, Romans chapter 16. Now to him that is of the power to establish you according to my gospel, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. So three important words. One, mystery. Next, manifest. And then made known through the scriptures. And so we're not trying to invent something that's scary. We're not trying to invent something that, you know, that you'll solve this puzzle. No. These mysteries are something that are in the scripture, but God didn't reveal the full nature of them all the way through the Old Testament, and then we come to the New Testament, and now God reveals what those mysteries are. When we begin to list these, and people begin to see them, and say, these are the fundamentals of the faith. Right. Well, in the video series, you present 11 mysteries of God. Eight were revealed by the Apostle Paul, one was revealed by the Lord Jesus Christ, and two were revealed by the Apostle John. Would you give us some background on these mysteries? What I like about these mysteries is that when we put them together, we're going to have teaching that we can see was introduced in the Old Testament, and now we see the full completion of it. Let me just give a quick example. A Savior was promised in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, in the Garden of Eden, right after sin, God promised to Adam and Eve that there would be a Savior, a Redeemer. Adam and Eve thought it was going to be the first child that was born. And so, you know, they named Cain, you know, man from God. But that wasn't the Redeemer. As a matter of fact, that man was a murderer. And so here's God making a promise. And so a Redeemer is to be looked for. Think of all the promises of God in the Old Testament that there would be a Redeemer to the nation of Israel. And we know now, looking back, well, we know he's going to be of the seed of David. We know he's going to be you know, of the tribe of Judah. And all these things we see, but we have the scripture, and we can look backward. And so mysteries are easy to understand once you say, okay, here's the pattern. Here's what God teaches. So that was a mystery, but it was fulfilled in the New Testament, and it was revealed. And so that's the idea of these mysteries, is that God may have introduced them, all the way back in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, he begins to explain them. And many of them have to do with prophetic things. And of course, that's really how I got interested to begin with in, in prophetic things, because so many of these have to do with prophetic things. And what we understand about the future, we know because God said, I'm going to make known the mysteries. How? Through the Word of God. We're not going to have a dream in here. We're not going to have a I think so kind of thing in here. This is not finding some writings of some old rabbi saying, you know, he predicted this. No. The mysteries of God are revealed by God. They're put in God's Word so that as we study, we're going to know, here's the mind of God and here's the plan of God. You know what? I get really excited about the plan of God. I don't want my own plan. 
because about half my plans don't come to fruition. <laughs> but I get really excited about the plan of God because here's what I know. The plan of God is so good, you can't improve on it. And so I just want to understand, what does God say in His Word about His plan? If I can know that, then I know that I'm going to be on the right track. Well, you mentioned Genesis 3 and the promise of the coming Redeemer, and that is the first mystery, actually, that you talk about in the video series, the mystery of the Incarnation. And now that mystery is found in 1 Timothy 3.16. Let me read that verse, Dr. Linstead. The Bible says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Would you explain the significance, Dr. Linstead, of that mystery? The importance of that is to show how come there can be a Redeemer. You see... If God didn't have this wonderful plan and this great mystery, then every man born was under the curse of sin. Adam and Eve sinned. What they passed on to their children was the DNA of sin. And so there had to be a unique plan of God. We're going to call it a mystery. Because who in the world would have ever figured out what God figured out, how to have this? And of course, how this came about was the incredible aspect of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And so that promise, like you say, isn't that thrilling? That's back in Genesis chapter 3. And we go to Micah, there it's repeated. And even in First Timothy, I mean, we go to the New Testament. Here's First Timothy chapter 3. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifest in the flesh. Now, I'm not exaggerating when I say there's no one alive but God that could figure out, okay, we're going to have a virgin give birth to Jesus when he comes in human form. Jesus pre-existed, but Jesus came as a man, clothed as a man, and it was a mystery. Why? God didn't reveal how it was going to be. You know, John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, for we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That was the plan of God, the Incarnation. And without it, we don't have salvation, because anyone else born would have been under the curse of sin. I want to go just a step further with that. When we look in the New Testament, there's two genealogies. One of them in Matthew, one of them in Luke. One for Joseph, the adopted father of Jesus. One for Mary, the real mother of Jesus, the one that gave birth, the virgin that gave birth. If Jesus would have been the actual son of Joseph, he would have been under the curse, and he could not be the king. If he was an actual child of Joseph, he would have a sin nature, because Joseph had a sin nature. But instead, God's plan, God's mystery that he puts forward is that Jesus would be virgin-born. And as a result, he wasn't under the line that was cursed. He was under the seed, not of Solomon, but of Nathan, another son of David. So he's still the son of David. But he was uniquely born. And so... How this works out, the scripture says it's a mystery. In other words, it was the plan of God from the beginning. But we didn't know it because we had no idea that it would go from Adam and Eve and it would go through Ruth and it would go through David and it would go through Joseph and Mary and God in a selective way would have a virgin to give birth to Jesus. And now we look and say, wow, what a plan of God. It's unique to salvation. And when we follow that through and we do so in that study, you're going to say, 
my goodness, my salvation is so well thought out. Isn't God amazing? Isn't our salvation an amazing story? It's a great gift from God. Amen, it certainly is. This is James Collins, and my guest is Dr. Rob Lindstedt. We're talking about his DVD set, The Mysteries of God. This two-volume DVD set contains over six hours of solid Bible teaching. This is a great and very timely Bible study. You can open your Bible and study along, or it would be great for a small group study or Sunday school class. You can get a copy right now by calling 1-800-652-1144 or order online at swrc.com. Dr. Lynn said the second mystery that you speak of in the video set is the mystery of the divine indwelling, which is found in Colossians chapter 1, which speaks about a mystery that is found in the words, Christ in you. Would you explain that? What is so neat about this one, and like you say, it, the Bible clearly says, okay, this is a mystery. In other words, how could we ever figure it out? Well, here's the plan of God. God talks about the fact that when we accept him as our Savior, and Christ comes and he dwells in us, that's unique. Because you see, the indwelling of the Spirit of God and the indwelling of Christ in us, that's so important. Here's what Clarence Larkin says. Clarence Larkin was a Bible scholar of yesteryear. And he says this, We're just as much a part of Christ as the members of the body are a part of the whole body. And so 1 Corinthians 12, 12 is this idea. And so what he does, God says, okay, the indwelling, I'm going to make it so that there's an external covenant. That was the Old Testament. There's an internal covenant, and the internal covenant is this. You're part of the body of Christ. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you move into the body of Christ. In other words, you're some part of, of that body. Christ is the head, and we're the body. How does that work? Well, that's just an incredible spiritual mystery, just like here's my liver. Now, no one sees my liver, but I know I have a liver because it does the work of the liver. And so here's what Galatians says. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. All the way through the New Testament, it talks about this, that we're in Christ, and Christ in us. And that's why we're eternally saved. And this mystery, it was never explained to Adam. It wasn't explained to Abraham or Moses. But when we come to the New Testament, through the Apostle Paul, we understand that when we accept Christ, it's Christ in us. I love what took place in John chapter 3. Remember Jesus talking to Nicodemus by night. And what Nicodemus struggled with was the indwelling and the new birth. So here's his question. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can a man be born when he's old? In other words, he said, look, you know, I'm 30 years old, I'm 50 years old, I'm 60 years How can I be born again? And sometimes, James, I talk to my students here and I say, I, I get one of my basketball players, you know, they're six foot eight. <laughs> yeah. I say, can you imagine his mother warning him again. Yeah, that would be something else, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be horrible. I mean, giving birth to an eight-pound or nine-pound baby, that's that's bad enough. Can you imagine giving birth to a six-foot-eight baby? And so Nicodemus was taking everything physical, and Jesus says, no, you've got to be born again. If we were just born again physically, we'd have the same problem. We'd be born back in our sin again. Instead, 
it was talking about a spiritual birth. And so Jesus explained that to that religious leader. And you know what? Scripture bears out that Nicodemus got the message. He understood that there was a spiritual birth. And so this whole idea that Christ in us, the hope of glory, and us in the body of Christ, we're part of the body of Christ, and there's going to be a day coming when the head of the body, that's Jesus, is going to come in the clouds, and he's going to say, come up here. And every one of us who have received him, we're part of the body of Christ, and we're going to go to join him in the clouds and go to live with him in heaven. That's our blessed hope. Amen. Well, you mentioned the rapture, and in the teaching video series, The Mysteries of God, you present the mysteries out of numerical order. So the next mystery is mystery number seven, which is the rapture. And we read about that mystery in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning at verse 51. There the Bible says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Dr. Lynn said, would you unpack that verse for us? Don't you love it when you see this word mystery? Because I think always before we just kind of read past it, and now that we call our attention to it, people are going to say, okay, what is this mystery? I want to know the riddle to the mystery. The riddle is in God's Word. I think what this mystery does, it answers the question, how does the church ever get to be with Jesus? And so Thessalonians 4, yes, it calls it a mystery. Or Corinthians 15 calls it a mystery. And then Thessalonians 4, it tells how we get there because it says, when we're alive, some are going to be alive and remain, and they're going to be caught up. They're going to be snatched off the earth. They're going to be Jesus in the air. And so this mystery was how Jesus was ever going to get his bride or the part of his body. He's the head. We're the rest of the body. How's he ever going to get him to heaven? And so this idea of the rapture is the idea to pull out, to catch up. And so in our study... I'm going to give a number of examples. As a matter of fact, I see seven examples that are all found as raptures in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Some are like Enoch and Elijah and, and the Apostle Paul in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and even John. John was invited to come up here in Revelation chapter 4. We're going to look at seven examples, including the rapture that includes us that are alive today. I think I'm going to be alive and get to go meet Jesus in the clouds. And so these are examples to show that God has the power to do it. He's done it before, and he can do it again. And so the mystery is this. How am I ever going to get my body and the head of the church together? How am I ever going to go from earth to heaven? How's it going to take place? He said, okay, I'm going to explain it to you now. I've been promising it, now I'm going to explain it. And that's known as the rapture of the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Well, Dr. Lynch said, next time I'd like to continue to discuss the 11 mysteries of God. Thanks so much for being on the program with me again today. My pleasure. I love talking about these things because they're at the heart of the Bible, and that's the very thing we ought to be studying in these last days. Rob Lindstead will continue to reveal the mysteries of God next time. The Mysteries of God by Rob Linstead is a four-DVD set that contains over six hours of teaching. In this dynamic teaching, Dr. Linstead explores the 11 mysteries of God. Order Mysteries of God today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. 
1144 or order online swrc.com. One of the defining works of the Christian life is sharing the gospel. Nothing is more important and few things are more frightening. Knowing what needs to be done and how to do it are very different things. Larry Stam strips away the mystery and the fear of sharing your faith. In this brand new segment entitled Serving in His Court, Larry teaches believers everywhere how to share the good news. Shalom, friends. Larry Stam here. So glad you are joining us for this teaching series, Serving in His Court, Biblical Principles for Personal Evangelism from the Heart of a Coach. In this series, we are going to talk about personal evangelism. There are various kinds of evangelism. There's cyber evangelism. There's internet evangelism. There's stadium evangelism. There's all kinds of different ways to do evangelism. In this series, we are going to be discussing specifically personal evangelism. I think after I share a little bit of my story, you'll better appreciate my heart to help God's people more effectively fulfill the Great Commission mandate through the mechanism of personal evangelism. You see, I came to faith through the testimony of individual Christians just like you. A little bit of my story as we begin to set the context for this series. I'm a Jewish believer in Jesus. I grew up in a Reformed Jewish household, received a religious education, was bar mitzvah at 13, always believed in God. But in the synagogue, we did not learn about Jesus. We did not read the New Testament. People came into my life in college sharing their faith in Jesus with me. Initially, I did not want to hear about their Jesus as a Jewish person. We were taught in the synagogue that Jesus was simply the God of the Gentiles. We did not read the New Testament to religious Jewish people who do not believe in Jesus as Messiah and Lord. The New Testament's a false document. But people kept coming. I define the marketplace as anywhere outside the walls of the church, and I am a product of marketplace evangelism. Marketplace relationship number one was with a friend of mine named Greg in college. He said two things that rocked my world. He said, Larry, there's absolute truth and you can get in touch with it. Then he posed a question. He said, do you know where you came from? Do you know who you are? Do you know where you're going when you die? That rocked me. At that time, I didn't necessarily embrace my Judaism, nor did I embrace Christianity, but it sent me spiraling into what we might call an existential crisis of sorts, and I began to search. I began to search for truth. I began exploring different worldviews, philosophies, and religions. Marketplace relationship number two a man named Herb, he was a sales associate at a local ABC affiliate in Gainesville, Florida in the 1980s. I served with him for six weeks at an internship trying to learn how to sell television time. Herb shared his Jesus with me, played his Christian music all the time. He and his wife loved me. I know they were praying for me. He sowed gospel seed. He had an impact on my life. Marketplace relationship number three. At the end of my journey in September of 1987, I met a gentleman on an airplane. He shared his faith in Jesus with me, and he again challenged me. He said, you tell me you're Jewish and you believe in God? I said, yes. He said, why don't you ask your God as you know him 
why don't you ask the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob if Jesus is the promised Messiah? And friends, that's exactly what I did. I got off the airplane and I prayed a simple prayer to God. I said, God, I believe you're real, but I don't know about Jesus, Messiah, the Bible, or Christianity. If Jesus is the Messiah, show me. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, God spoke through the prophet, still speaks today. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not. Friends, I didn't know, but I was at a place where I was willing to find out. Three months later, in December of 1987, I, who once was lost, was now found. I, who once was blind, could now see. And I prayed with that gentleman I actually met on the airplane. He'd given me his business card. I called that gentleman up in December of 1987, and I prayed to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You see, it was then for the first time I believed that Jesus died for my sins and rose again from the dead. It was then for the first time that I put my trust in Jesus and in him alone for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of abundant and eternal life. I was transformed, and I'm eternally grateful for the Lord for all he has done in my life. I want you to know on my journey of faith, I not one time went to a church service. I didn't listen or watch a Billy Graham or Greg Laurie on TV or radio. I didn't go to a Bible study. In fact, in my own hometown, I didn't even have an active Christian witness. But it was through the testimony, the faithful testimony of people in the marketplace, anywhere outside the walls of a church. God used people just like you to save a lost person just like me. I want you to know something. The power of the individual witness today, the impact potential that you have is immense. And one principle as we go along in this series that I want to share with you is this reality. We can't witness to everybody, but we can witness to somebody, and that somebody is precious to God. I'm so grateful for those people who stepped out into the marketplace, Greg and that gentleman Herb and that gentleman Steve on the airplane, who were faithful witnesses for Jesus Christ. The foundation of serving in his court and this teaching series is this. We're going to lay out biblical principles for personal evangelism, and my hope and prayer is that you will understand, internalize, and apply the principles found therein so that your heart would grow for the lost and your communion with God would run deeper. Now, I was a professional tennis coach for 14 years before God brought me into full-time vocational ministry, and so I use tennis as an angle, if you will. I use it as a motif to express biblical principles for personal evangelism, because just like tennis is a process, if you came up to me and said, Larry, teach me how to play tennis in one weekend, I would say that's not happening. But over time, you can learn. The same with the evangelistic process. Over time, we can grow in our witness, but it won't happen in just a moment. It will take some time. Next time, we're going to continue unpacking some principles for personal evangelism. But until next time, the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Shalom. The Mysteries of God by Rob Linstead is a four-DVD set that contains over six hours of teaching. In this dynamic set, Dr. Linstead explores the 11 mysteries of God. Order Mysteries of God today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. 
or order online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, Rob Linstead will return to reveal more mysteries of God. So be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.